Welcome to the Menopause Mastery Podcast, a show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, living life with a purpose. I created this show because I knew that women just like me in this second season of life, the season of menopause, are really tapping into their deepest desires. And we're ready to harness our physical and mental health and explore what our true passions are and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what we want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking the complex science and making it easier to integrate into daily life. So let's join the journey to make this season the best ever. Welcome back to Menopause Mastery. So today we're going to diverge off of the science just a tad bit, but I promise you this is going to be a really good episode because I'm talking to my friend, Chef Nikki Piniawatanana, who is the owner and CEO and founder of Asian Mint. This is a Texas Thai Asian fusion. And what's cool about Nikki is she is a Texan and a Thai at the same time. And her upbringing really ignited this deep passion for food, culture, and travel and experiences that really touches her soul and touches the soul of others. And she has a love and a passion that she has vowed to share with people everywhere she goes. So today I want to talk about really this idea of how do we live into this purpose and passion and how do we take what we're doing and maybe keep etching towards that next legacy and fulfillment that really helps us fulfill our personal lives, professional lives, and family lives. Because when we're doing that, everything else works better. Our health is better. Everything's better. And so today I talked with Nikki about a bunch of different things. We talked about food and healthy foods. She dedicated her kitchen and her restaurateur capacity and chef design early on to support the celiac and gluten sensitive community, the entire 18 years of her restaurant's existence and was one of the first to really come out with this gluten-free menu. And she has now expanded it to all kinds of food sensitivities. So we go into a little bit about how you need to look at foods and identify those foods and what you need to watch for in restaurants and how they have been committed to not only accommodating all of those of us with food sensitivities, but also how to improve food quality. And then how that transpired into helping people understand food culture and experience and travel through her retreats that she does right now, once a year, taking people to Thailand to experience the food and the culture and how that legacy sort of plays out with her family and her professional life and helping other women. So I want you to join me with Chef Nikki and let's talk a little bit about leaving a legacy. Okay, everybody at Menopause Mastery. So you can tell by my introduction that I love Chef Nikki. And today we're going to diverge a little bit from just the whole geeky science talk about what's happening in your body and menopause and perimenopause and how we sort of transition as women. But I want to get into, you know, the other side of the conversation, which is where I think the juicy stuff really lies, which is how do we live our life and how do we explore who we want to be and what we want to do? And Chef Nikki is a friend and she has such an extraordinary business and she has helped out the particularly celiac and gluten sensitive community for so long in the Dallas Fort Worth area that we're going to dive in on like living your life dream legacy and those kind of things. So welcome Chef Nikki and let's chat. So talk to me a little bit about your experience. How did you get where you are today? Hi, and thank you for having me on your show. Super excited. Love listening to your show. And the pivot to this call or podcast right at this point, how did I get to where I am today? I would like to say it was all planned, 
but it wasn't. <laughs> like anything, right? You know exactly what you need to do when you come out of the womb or five years old and you figure it out. But it kind of stumbled on. I did figure out what I love to do kind of early on, but I mean, it was still after college. Like I didn't know where I wanted to go to college or what I wanted to study or anything like that. But I've always loved to cook. I've always loved to feed people. And it just came to fruit when I was doing all these things. And I had, you know, picked up a business degree and I figured it out. You know what? I think I want to have a business around feeding people. And that came to fruit over 18 years ago now at this point. And it has evolved into multiple different side businesses or really some main businesses, different variations of just opening restaurants at this point. And it has just been a really wild dream come to life. It is a beautiful journey. I would not change anything about it. And it is just following your gut and also really enjoying what you do and how to turn it into a a business, your life passion. It's just kind of stumbling along. (laughs) Chef Nikki owns several restaurants in the Dallas area and and around, but she has all these other passion projects that she alluded to. And I'd love for you to talk about all of those other juicy pieces, because I know you love being a restaurateur, but I think all those other things are letting you spark even bigger sides of your creativity. An entrepreneur at heart, for sure. I came from an entrepreneurial family tree, I believe, and kind of was an aid or grew up around it. And I love to explore and take on new challenges. So other than the restaurant that I opened 18 years ago, we now have five locations. We've grown, we put systems and people in place, and I have a beautiful team that runs that and has allowed me to be able to go do other things that feed souls. So I spun off kind of a side brand called Chef Nikki. And what I do with that is to continue to be creative and have fun. I have created a sauce line. I do cooking classes virtually or in person, chef dinner tables experience. I mean, that's what most chefs do. But I also do these really, really fun things where I take people on culinary retreats to Southeast Asia, Thailand in particular at the moment. That's where I grew up. And also, I started a YouTube channel and social media channels, you know, TikTok, Instagram, whatnot, just to really share, you know, how to make Thai food, Asian flavors so easy and debunk the idea that it's hard. And it's been so fun to share those little tips and tricks that I've learned along the way as I served millions of of souls throughout these years. And it's just been so much fun to be able to do that because the internet, you know, is like you get to speed people outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area. And it's just been so fun. That is great. And I want everybody to check out Chef Nikki's channels because I'm going to speak as a nutrition professional. You know, it's a struggle enough that people perceive, particularly like you said, Thai food, Asian food as very difficult. But I will tell you from experience professionally, people are afraid of cooking, period. You know, we just we don't have those same skills that, you know, maybe our parents did. So tell me. So one of the things that I was very excited about when I first stumbled across your restaurant years ago was, you know, I have special needs as a diner. I'm gluten free and, you know, have other food sensitivities. And of course, my tribe within my clinic obviously struggle with that. And so you really stepped into that. So talk about kind of how that came about, you know, because you were early. Yeah, we were one of the first restaurants to offer a large gluten-free menu 
for Thai cuisine in particular, it is actually really easy to do gluten-free. People might think like, oh, well, you can't really do it with Japanese or Chinese cuisine, or sometimes they get all lumps them together. Those are a little bit harder because they do have soy sauce-based dishes mostly. But in Thai cuisine, we use a lot of different seasonings that are not soy sauce-based or wheat-based. And I was like, you know, people are coming into me and say, can you create this or can you make that? I I have gluten sensitivity and I'm like, yeah, that's how I normally eat regularly and all my life pretty much in Thailand. So like, let me see how I can offer it. And then what was really key was really labeling it so people would understand like, they might not understand what all goes into how these dishes are flavored, but they felt more confident ordering them when it said gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, dairy-free. And in Thai cuisine, I don't know if you know, you know, the listeners out there, we don't use a lot of dairy products. We don't cook with butter. We don't cook with milk. We mostly use coconut milk. We use coconut oil. We use eggs. We do. People ask me all the time, is this dairy-free? This is, has eggs. I'm like, hmm, is eggs considered dairy for you or not? We like to solve that issue. But yeah, it has been a project passion for me to be able to serve almost the underserved community back in the day. And after being able to provide that and clearly labeling and being extremely conscious about what goes in our dishes, the raw materials, the fresh ingredients, that was really key, reading the labels. And what's been really fun is we do relook at the ingredients list often because we have to reassess. You never know when something comes in, a new packet of you know, whether it be a noodle or a sauce, they might start adding some additional preservatives or additives or stabilizers that oftentimes has, you know, a wheat factor to it or something that I don't want myself or my kids to be eating. And I would have to find an alternative. It might be more expensive, higher quality for sure. But you know what, whatever I would feed myself, I would like to feed everyone else who comes into the restaurant. It's been really fun. We continue to clean out our ingredient list regularly with our chef, taking out color, taking out, like I said earlier, preservatives and everything else. But yeah, particularly gluten-free is key. And I love how there are so many more options even now for noodles. Like we just added shirataki noodles. That's also zero carb. It's so fun. And just being able to play, it's, it's really, really cool. It is really cool. And I think continued commitment to getting not only allergies, food sensitivities out, but again, the food quality. I think that most people have no idea that a lot of times in a lot of restaurants, what you're getting has a lot of ingredients that you wouldn't normally have in your food. You know, I I always tell people like if there's a restaurant supply store in your neck of the woods, it'd be a good idea just to walk through one and look because it's a lot of stuff that people just don't realize that's in their foods. And you guys go really deep into looking into that. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And I think your other commitment to the paleo and keto community is good, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, particularly keto is really hard to eat out without really stripping down the menu, you know, but to have a menu that's like these items are already good for you. Yes. You know, it's it's a little bit harder for sure, because in Thai cuisine, we do use sugar, not extensively, but we like to balance our four S's, I like to call it the the sweet, the sour, the spicy and the salty. My menu items are more dirty keto. There are a little bit of sugar here and there, but at the end of the day, it is or can be low, low in carb, high in proteins and not bad fat. So it's, it's been really fun. The curries in particular. Yeah. Yeah, it has. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about your retreats because that to me is so exciting, you know, to be able to go to another culture and experience the culture and the food with somebody who really knows what's going on. <laughs> so let's talk about this because this looks like this looks like a lot of fun, ladies. I'm I'm wanting to go on one. It is. It is so much fun. So I created this out of the ass. So I would oftentimes I go back to Thailand at least once or twice a year. And I would go back and see my relatives and my friends. And whenever I come back, I'll be sitting at the bar eating and somebody would be like, you're back from Thailand. Can you please, please take me with you next time? And I'm like, well, it's a little bit hard when I'm going with my family and I have all these, you know, duties that I have to do as a daughter, a niece and a nephew and a cousin. But I'm like, let me figure something out. So let me put a trip together and it's going to be all around food in particular. We're going to do cooking classes. One thing I love people to learn is to be in more than one region in Thailand so that you can actually understand that the different cuisines in Thailand are different in different regions, just like the food here. I often like to compare the barbecue, Texas barbecue versus Kansas barbecue or Florida barbecue, I found out is completely different. And it's the same with Thai food. Why is the Pad Thai at this particular restaurant different from another restaurant? And most of the time, it's because either the chef or the owner of that particular restaurant is from a different region of Thailand. Maybe they're from the north or the south or central. My cuisine is mostly Bangkok style, which is central Thailand. And the flavors can be very different because we have different resources that we grew up with. The flavor profile is slightly different. And people have different preferences when they go to different Thai restaurants. And I totally respect that. I would go to different Thai restaurants for different dishes, knowing, you know, the origin of where they're from. And it's just been so fun to share that with people in Thailand. We would normally fly to at least one or two different regions, north and central or central and south or northeastern and cooking classes. We have to do the things that you probably want to make sure to check on, say, hey, I made it to Thailand. I made it to an elephant sanctuary. I made sure that I saw the palace. And in addition to that, I take you to all my favorite restaurants. We do markets. We go through street food safely, tuk-tuk tour, and just visit kind of all the places that I love. They've been vetted. A lot of times they're my chefy friends. And it is so much fun. A good week or so of just life-changing experience. And every time when they come back, my soul foodies, I call them, or even while we're there, just a couple of days in, they'll come in, give me these beautiful hugs, and they'll say, whatever that happened that day, it has moved them to make them realize, you know, how else they can like fulfill their life or find their calling or what new hobbies they can pick up or things that they believe that they could help their people with. It is so, so amazing. So it's not just food, it's life-changing. And I am all about inspiring people, obviously through food, culture, and travel. And that's kind of how that all came together. And I love my journey. I love, love, love it. And thank you for asking me that question. Where do you see that kind of heading? Do you have kind of a vision of what that sort of legacy, because we're kind of talking about legacy, because I think all of us have this like secret desire that we maybe haven't even tapped into yet, you know, what our legacy might be or what experience we want to have between now and our last few days on this earth. Do you know where you want this one to go? Have you thought about that? I think maybe subconsciously I have. Whenever I go on these retreats, I take a film crew with me and we do these beautiful episodes that share 
the highlights of what we do on our YouTube channel, like day by day and anything like we key in into specific activities that we do and share, you know, it's about the feeling and the experience, not just like, oh, hey, here's an elephant. Okay, here's another temple. Oh, here's another plate of of noodles. But it really like, how did that transpire, that emotion? And being able to share that with the world permanently, you know, everything that goes on on the internet stays, I hope. I think what I really, truly enjoy is sharing my culture. I am from a half and half family. My mom's from Texas. My dad's from Thailand. So I'm a Thai Texan. I pretty much have lived on both sides of the world, almost equally at this point. And being that person who knows how this side of the globe thinks and how this side of the globe thinks and kind of merge it together and explain it from two point of views is what people truly enjoy when they watch a lot of my episodes, as well as when they talk to me, they'll be like, oh, you have all these insights that I can relate to because you can explain it to me in a way that I understand it. Because I like to always compare, like, think about what you know, this is what you normally do. And this is what they normally do. And this is how it's similar. And this is how it's different. It's probably something like that, just sharing and inspiring people through these differences and mostly similarities. We're all human, right? We all want to be good, do good, feed people, help people. And I feel like I'm serving my purpose, being able to share that information. Yeah. And I would think that it's also really extraordinary to have your family, your children kind of see this evolution and this experience too, because I think when children are able to see their parent or parents or whatever, not just working. Like in my parents' experience, they were kind of at the grindstone. At least that's the kind of 70s, 80s sort of mindset. But, you know, I think you're leaving a legacy for your family members to kind of go, hey, being an entrepreneur and working on all these things are, it can be really hard, but it can be really fun. And you can expand and do these things that leave this legacy across the world. What do you think about that with the kiddos? I think you hit it right at the point because it's so funny that now that my daughter is nine, my son is 13 going on 14. I would be eating, like trying to enjoy a meal. And she's like, mommy, you should totally film that. People would love to see you eating that. She's like looking out for me. She knows my brand essence. She knows what my content is about. She wants to have her own YouTube channel and be able to share what she loves. But I think it has definitely grinded in. And it all stemmed from an opportunity that I had to be surrounded by other women entrepreneurs. This uh, right when my daughter was born, called eWomen Network, and what was really cool was they rallied around me. I guess is the word English is not my first language. <laughs> they said, "You have a platform. You have a passion for food and culture and all these things that you can share with the world that nobody else can really do from your perspective." And if you are not living your true calling or your dream, your kids will see what you're not doing instead of what you are doing. So like, why not live your true calling, live your dream, and so that they can follow in your footsteps and what they will find to be is their legacy, like you said, or their true calling. So definitely, I highly recommend following your dreams and trying to figure out what that legacy would be. Even if you didn't have kids, there are people who are always watching you. I have a million stories that I could share every time I go into the restaurant. I love going in and hanging out with my mint fanatics. 
I feel like they're like my friends and family members now that come and eat at the restaurant, my clients, they would come up and say, Nikki, it's not just the food that I, why I come. I feel inspired. I feel like I'm being taken care of. Your service is amazing. But what you're doing inspire me. And I want to support people like you who, you know, radiate positivity and beautiful growth. And you're taking care of your people. You're not taking advantage of anyone. You know, it's it's like a cycle of this amazing support system. Like you said, again, I can't believe like you really encompasses in the word legacy in many ways that I didn't truly think about at the end of the day. At a certain age, you start thinking about that a lot harder. It has been just so fun and highly recommended to continue to figure out what your true passion is in calling and following through. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to ask you an even more personal question. So this all has required you to probably step out of a comfort zone. You're obviously extroverted. I'm an extrovert, but it's still a lot to go get in front of a camera and just going to, I'm going to throw down and just be me. How do you yourself go, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, what do you psych yourself up? Do you do a pep talk? Do you slap yourself around? How do you get yourself out of moving out of inaction into action for those things? That's a good question. Definitely have to psych myself up emotionally, physically also, you know, go do a little workout, go walk, get the energy moving, right? Get the energy moving and making sure that you're, you know, feeding your body with nutritious food. It At the end of the day, it really makes a big difference. But also I love to like when, before I get on, you know, a beautiful connection like this with you is to listen to some other, not podcasts. I like to listen to, in particular, I love listening to Oprah. I love how she shares stories, how they really, really connect through and just listening to her under meaning, the under lessons that she has in a lot of her positive motivational speeches. So I would have like a, a list on YouTube that has motivational speech by, you know, whether it be Oprah, Sarah Bakley is really fun to listen to. It just totally depends, but Oprah is kind of like my go-to. She like centers me <laughs> and at the same time really makes me excited to be like, look at what she has done, you know, how she shares her stories, whether it be good stories, bad stories, but it has helped so many people. How can I do that with my story and my journey? Yeah, I think that's great. I hear that a lot from my patients and clients. You know, we talk, of course, I'm always digging through the chemistry and trying to help somebody through their biological sort of physiological self. But I always end up sort of coming back around to this. There's usually something that's driving all of that. And then there's something that we desire on the other side, something we really care about. And then if we tap into that and sort of reach beyond our comfort zone is often these other physical things become easier to do. And like you said, I think having your children see that experience is an extraordinary lesson because children do what you do, not what you say. So you you can tell them all the right stuff. Classic disclaimer, I am child free, but I am a great auntie (laughs) to other people's children. And I'm like, look, they're not going to do what you say, but they will 100% do what you do. You know, so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Now, you and I had a conversation. It was a couple of weeks ago now. And we were talking about, again, the legacy thing particularly around the business side and other things. And you expressed the idea of helping, especially younger women, be inspired and get into action to like live into their dreams earlier in life. You came to yours earlier than I did. But it's something that I think women can change the world, but a lot of times we're sitting back. So talk to me about where that sort of passion lies also. 
I am a part of a couple of nonprofits, one of them be the La Dame de Escoffier, which is a group of women, and they have chapters all around the world in the culinary industry. Not that you have to be a chef, it could be anything in the hospitality industry. You could be working in hotels, you can be a sommelier, you can be a nutritionist, and being able to mentor them in addition to create fundraisers where we have scholarships endowments in different schools all around Texas and being able to support whether it be young women going into our industry or even somebody who's looking to switch career to come into our industry as well. They can apply for these scholarships. But what I have found that education is everything. I pride my, I think, best doing is because my parents have been able to send me to school and get a great education. Without that, I don't think I would be who I am today. And I love the saying where they say, give a fish, feed one, some person for a day, teach them how to fish. You can feed them for a lifetime. I need to pin that one down much better. (laughs) But at the end of the day, for sure, I believe that women need to continue to uplift other women coming through, especially in the entrepreneurial world, it is hard. And if I can share a lot of the things that I did incorrectly so that nobody else has to really spend the money or time (laughs) wasted on a lesson that I already had learned, I'm all for it so that they can go much faster. I love mentoring a lot of my mentees. I call them mentees. They're my employees, but not really. I love them so much. And being able to share and show and teach them, a lot of times they learn these lessons as they're doing it. I don't tell them, you know, everything I say, but you have to do it. You have to show me that you're willing to be interested and then we can go from there. But yeah, my tactics might be a little bit different, but I feel like you don't really learn until you do it. I'm definitely a doer and I I learn by not just reading textbooks, but definitely bringing up the other generations, women in particular, I think we need to support each other. And really like shout out hoorays and congratulations, like, hey, great job. What else can I help you with? Like a lot of that, which is now happening a lot more. And I'm so excited about to continue to do that. You know, we're not about let's step on somebody else's back so that we can get to the next level. I am not about that. And that's not how anything gets done in this world. It's not by one person. So we all need to stick together and make it the best lives pretty much and have everyone find their true passion and calling and change the world for a better place. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking to my husband over the weekend about this and being a kid of the the 70s and 80s. And I remember the movie Working Girl. You're younger than I am. So oh, Working I know Girl. that movie. Yeah. The fact that that movie was this profound movement of a woman just trying to get ahead in this sort of backstabbing environment. It's just crazy because it seems so foreign today, but you know, I think for a lot of women, that's sort of the environment we grew up in. It was just like you needed to claw your way to the top and we found a glass ceiling and then, you know, you couldn't really get past it by yourself. <laughs> that's it. You can't get past it by yourself or you can, but you're going to probably claw your way to the top and hurt a lot of people on the way. Whereas when you have other ones helping lift and help you ascend, everybody ascends. So it's a beautiful message. And I think slowly but surely people are learning it. So where do you see yourself in like 10 years? What will you be up to? Wow. So I've been doing the restaurant for 18. So I'll be going on almost 28 to 30 years from now, 10 years. I would probably still be feeding souls. I know that that's my thing. Hopefully more trips. 
more restaurants for sure. I have found that it's been so fun also mentoring my young mentees coming into the restaurant and have them being able to grow and open their own stores under the umbrella of our restaurant group. So yeah, we currently have five. So at least 10 or more by that time, we want to have 10 in the, the next five, six years. So that's like one every one to one and a half year is approximately as our goal. And being able to, to spread the message to more people. I still feel like I'll be doing the same, maybe helping my daughter, finding her passion and helping her accomplish them for sure. Definitely my kids is probably going to be where, you know, most of my time will be at even now. That's a good question. Continue to be helping. For sure. I think I've found my true, my true act of what I love to do. Doesn't feel like work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, it's such a thin line between my personal life and my professional life. You know, truly, honestly, I spend a lot of time doing what I do, but I spend a lot of time in it and enjoying it and then learning and spreading information. So likewise. I can totally feel that every time I'm talking to you, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the idea of retiring and then shopping for lettuce as sport just frightens me. I'm like, what? What are you supposed to do when you retire? What are you up to? Like, I have to be up to something. I have plans to continue education, whether it be more culinary school, more traveling, more more of what I love to do really is where I see myself. Yeah, I know people ask me at, you know, 40, I guess I was 49 when I went back to get my PhD. And they're like, why? Like, is, do you really need it for your professional career? Now, I already had a very established, very successful practice and very successful clinic. But I was like, I just love the act of learning. It's an expensive endeavor, but. <laughs> well, you can learn it the hard way, too, you know. Right, exactly. So I'm like, I just want to keep learning now. You know, now it's taking that and then expanding and making it go elsewhere and other things. Often leads to something else, right? Yes, you're going for a PhD, but at the end of the day, it probably like open up or, you know, turn on another light bulb of like, oh my God, I could be doing this and learning that. And this is like really what I want to be doing. You, you just never know. Right. Well, I, you know, I think about when you go on your trips and you're taking people to these experiences, why it's so important. And I would say, I'm going to say this for Westerners and Americans, why it's so important. I think that we should go be in other cultures because let's face it, the United States exports are influence heavily. And I think we don't understand other cultures and we don't expand our culture until we're in another culture. And you do that through eating with other cultures and, and being in the environment and, and walking in their shoes. And likewise, they walk in ours. So I, I, I love the fact that you're doing that because it's just an extraordinary experience. And I think the only way you can appreciate even what you have is by experiencing other places because it's different, just flat out. So do you have anything else you want to share with our listeners? I'm going to share a bunch of information on how they can get with you and watch you and watch you on YouTube and everywhere else. Well, when they do, I would love to make sure that you um, reach out, text me, say, hey, I heard you on Dr. Murray's show about this. And I would love to hear from you. I do read all my messages and I reply them myself. I do have help posting a lot of them. I'm not that tech savvy, but I love connecting you know, beyond the four walls or now 20 walls of my restaurant into this, you know, third dimension. And yeah, please do reach out. Yeah. I like, I was just watching your post on the different mushrooms that you like. 
I do too. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm, you know, I'm a foodie. And I was like, damn, I don't know about several of those. (laughs) We have to go to the supermarket together. I know. I know. I was like, oh my gosh, there's just culinary options that I am still not aware of even as a foodie. So good. So, so good. So we will share all of Chef Nikki's contact information. And if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you definitely have to go into a restaurant, Asian Mint, and, and check it out. Because we, we order, we, we live within vicinity of two of them very close by. We order a lot and we go in a lot too and we get it delivered to the office. You know, we've been a longtime fan. So Yay, absolutely. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Chef Nikki, for being on. And everybody, thank you for listening to Menopause Mastery. And if you loved this show, please give us a thumbs up and a, and a review because we do, I do read every single one of them. If you feel like somebody would be inspired by this show, please share it. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, Chef Nikki. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Menopause Mastery Podcast. You are why I'm here, and I am so very grateful. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode has helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love, and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD, and you can reach me online at BettyMurray.com. 